Hello and welcome to the 13th Hour Podcast. This is episode number 394. I'm your host, Joshua Blum. Uh, today, I'm actually following up on a couple things from last week. Last week, one of the things I did was I talked about a way to make uh, custom action figures using little, very inexpensive um, figures that come from a site called AliExpress. You can probably get them in other places too, but it's a... Uh, it's one place that I found to get these things for a very low cost. But the thing that is interesting about those figures, and I just had one of them, so I ordered some more to try to experiment with them um, because I think, I think I might be using those in the future unless I find a different source. But the thing I liked those about those figures is they're very easy to work with. You can take them apart very easily, and that makes them a lot more user-friendly than some of the other figures that I've worked with in the past. You can find very low-cost ones out there uh, of various kinds. Um, the older ones from the 80s are really not that uh, cheap, but uh, like the G.I. Joe ones are were always kind of brittle, so that's a little bit difficult to work with. The Star Wars ones are, they're, they're really strong, but they're very hard to get apart. I mean, they're, they're, they're just, uh, those things are like built like tanks. And so that makes them kind of difficult to work with if you want to customize them and so forth. Now there are people, plenty of people that do it and, and, uh, they have figured out ways of getting them open and so forth. Uh, but I have found that, uh, th those methods that once you start modifying the figures, like adding clay and so forth, it's really hard to then, they, they use a method called boil and pop, which is basically you heat up the figure in a cup of hot water. It doesn't have to be boiling. Uh, and then you use that, um, the heat to basically loosen the plastic, uh, thermal expansion and all that. And the plastic will, you know, it will, it will expand and, uh, you'll be able to pop the figure out of its joint pegs and so forth. So that all works great, except uh, if you do any modification to the figure, that method will not work, really. If you have clay or other stuff like that on it, that will basically undo the work that you just did. So the trick about these that I just found is that they have screws, and that makes them very easy to work with. I mean, you just unscrew things, and as long as those screws are intact and you make a point of entry, then you are good to go. And so I think that that makes that particular method, at least for me, much, uh, much easier. So I guess the, the thing is that I can, I can do clay sculpting pretty easily. And I was trying to think about what's the most cost effective time intent or least time intensive way of doing this. And I think it is sculpting with clay rather than dealing with casting resin or trying to find, trying to custom fit parts. So last week what I did was I custom fit some legs from a figure from a vintage figure that had Jodhpur style riding pants onto the one that I mentioned. So I essentially had to create a joint, a, a hip joint. And I was doing that, and I noticed that it is actually fairly, it's okay, it works fine. 
but it took some work. It wasn't not a lot. It was pretty easy, as I mentioned last week. But the joint space is, it is um, loose in some cases because it had to be custom fit. And I don't know how strong it is because the only thing that's holding it in is a little bit of the plastic that I, that, that, that from, from the inside of the leg. And that particular plastic is not the strongest. It's, it's that same GI Joe plastic. It's, it's fairly brittle. So a lot of bending and moving, and that's going to pop out, I think. And that was always, that was always a thing with the GI Joes that you could, you could snap things fairly easily. But what I was thinking of is like, wait a second, why was I doing so much work? The whole idea was to work smarter, not more, right? And so there's nothing really wrong with the leg that it had. What was wrong with it? There was nothing wrong with it. The only thing that I did was I thought, well, maybe I can save some work by by making this leg, uh, by not having to, to create the boot and the, the riding pant type of style on the thigh. Where I thought maybe, well, maybe I could cast it, make, make individual pieces and then cast them. I was like, wait a second, that's so much work. That is a lot of work. And then I have to custom fit everything back again. Like with resin casting, it never comes out at a perfect copy. So you still have to cast everything or you still have to custom fit the pieces together. And so I, I imagine like the amount of sanding and stuff like that, there would still be, I was like, why don't I just use the leg that already is there? I guess this is what people just do anyway. You know, mo I think most people tend to do this. They take the figures, they sort of kitbash them, and they add sculpts around. They, you know, they add clay and stuff like that around them. I, yeah, I, I don't know why I didn't do that. <laughs> well, I think the reason, you know, and I think the reason why I didn't do that was because of cost initially. You know, to a lot of these figures, even though you are joint, you you are. Um, you're, you're taking, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're adding to it. You're adding custom stuff to it, clay and other accessories. You're preserving the actual joints themselves. And I think that's what, because it's very hard to replicate that. It's really hard to recreate that in a kind of durable way. So I think that um, with something that is easy to take apart, you know, where there's no, there's no, there's no chest cracking. There's no breaking of anything so where it's something you can actually easily take apart very easily. That's redundant, but yeah, I think I'm just going to go with sculpting. I think sculpting is the primary way to go for these particular figures. So I'll see, I'll see what this Rocketeer figure is like, you know, as I, as I kind of move the, the legs around, but the, the legs are, are, are loose. And one thing I've noticed is that when I was taking the screws out of the legs, it's very easy to strip the plastic because it just is not that strong. It's not meant to be taken apart again and again. The other stuff that I was using, the other, the other, uh, the actual ones that it came with are, are stronger. And, uh, but I, there is one part I am going to cast and, uh, that is the head. So we're going to do that. We're going to cast the head. I have sculpted on pieces of the legs and the boots, and that was quite easy. I mean, that just did not take very much time. So I thought what we would do is make a mold of the head, and I thought the other thing we would do is actually another side project that um, I've been using Hero Constructs figures for. I've been primarily using them for the Dungeons and Dragons uh, mini campaigns that I've been doing on Patreon. So if you're a Patreon member, you know about those. 
but uh, I got some of those and I thought I would do a little quick update on that. So there's one casting thing that I'm going to do with that as well. And I think the emphasis there again is on trying to make do with make do less do less sort of uh, work that where I can I can build on something that's already done. I think that's probably just just because you can do something doesn't necessarily mean I think you should. So and I think that's true of these kinds of projects as well. Uh, if you can do a little bit less work on something, even if you have to pay something to have it done, then it's probably worth it, it as long as it's reasonable, I think. And uh, so we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, I have, what I'm going to do now is I'm actually going to make a mold. So I'm going to make a mold of the head of the Rocketeer. Now, I this is the same head I've used for almost all these projects. I've used it for the Lego minifigures, and I've used it for the 3.75 inch figures. It's the same sculpt that has served me very well. And I'm going to use it again for this figure. What I've done, though, is I have just cleaned up a few areas because I'm going to be casting this. And I'm going to be, it's pretty small, and I'm going to be making a mold of it using a new head peg that I've made for this particular figure where the uh, it's a little bit longer the, the peg needs to be a little bit longer and I've fit it for the space so I'm just trimming around so just do some final touches on the on the sculpt here such that it is yeah okay and then we're gonna we're gonna cast it. So I have I just done a bunch of casting projects, little ones, for making these other little little mini figures, the Lego, uh, not Lego ones, the Hero Constructs Rocketeer figures. Done all kinds of little these little projects lately. So what I'm using is I'm gonna use something called a cup mold. And so what that's gonna be is I'm gonna take a, a literally a cup and I'm gonna put the head in it. And I am going to, it's all going to be a one-piece type of deal. I found that to be the easiest thing to do for these little parts. Now, the trickiest part about this particular thing has always been the fin. So I'm going to need to leave an air vent for that. Now, the pore spout is going to be the base of the neck peg. That is the area that is going to be facing upwards. The fin and the, well, essentially the top of the helmet is going to be facing downwards. So what I'm going to do now is find a little uh, cup and affix it inside. So what I've done is I have mixed up some Mold Star 16, which is a silicone mold, and we are, I have poured it in a little Keurig uh, K-cup. That's uh, often what I've been using these days for these little cup molds. And uh, it's in there. It's I, I basically affixed it to the bottom, the, the helmet with, to the bottom with a little bit of uh, tape or not tape. It's sort of this putty that you put on the wall you know, for hanging posters. Uh, you can glue things in. You can use putty. You can use clay. Uh, I find that that comes off very easily. And then... Uh, so from there, uh, I poured in the mold and we're gonna let that sit for a while. 
and so we'll see what that looks like when it when it comes back and it has hardened but uh after that point we'll we'll kind of cut it open and then see how it how it works but in the meantime what i thought i would do while waiting for that to dry is another little project and this is from uh the prequel to the 13th hour called a shadow in the moonlight and i i have never made any figures of from this book i've been meaning to for quite a while but have never quite gotten around to it and uh, i've come up with a bunch of different ideas uh it's never quite uh that's just me uh, throwing out those throwing out the the remaining remainder of the uh, the mold or the the silicone that I didn't use I mixed too much I often do mix too much unfortunately and this particular story is uh, essentially about Logan's parents Logan from the thirteenth hour and so there's a character in the story who turns out to be his father who does not have a name but he is an unnamed hunter who has a spell put on him. And he basically turns into this sort of apparition that can fly through the air and uh, uh, and is sort of cursed in a way to hunt this uh, sort of magical albino deer. Uh, and it's uh, called a shadow in the moonlight, as I mentioned, because there's a shadow in the moonlight spell that uh, he gets afflicted by. But his costume basically is, I thought... I thought it was pretty cool to do and I don't know why I didn't do a figure of him but I was always kind of meaning to and maybe at one point I will. So again looking at AliExpress I found a little figure of I, I think it's supposed to be Snake Eyes from G.I. Joe and they can't actually sell that uh, so it's a bootleg Snake Eyes and he's just listed as Runja which is Runja's uh, Chinese for ninja. Run is the character for perseverance and Joe is like a like a person, um, so it's or a, a person who does something, I guess, um, and uh, so it basically uh, that 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 is what ninja means, in, at least in Chinese, and and also in Japanese too. It means a person who endures or a person who or perseveres, but I guess that's what Snake Eyes is in GI Joe, right? He's a, he's a ninja, and so it is his ninja costume. Uh, he is you know he's got a bunch of different ones, and uh, he has a sword, and he's got some markings on his. Uh, his uh, his arms. I think those would be those little bars or whatever it is. I don't know exactly what that means, but uh, then he's got this little scarf, which is kind of cool around his neck and the visor. But he is painted black, or he is it's black plastic. So the the hunter in the Shadow in the Moonlight is basically all black. He has a cape. He has a black bow. He has a everything is basically black, um, and uh, he has a hood. So. The the hood that I have been using for the thirteenth hour minifigures uh, for D and uh, I've been using these little Assassin's Creed figures that have hoods, and that is a perfect look for this guy. The only thing about it is the hood is black, whereas the ones that I'm using for the Assassin's Creed are a different color. There are most of the ones I have are white, like an off-white color. So all I got to do is paint it. So I just need to paint the head and I need to paint the hood. So the whole idea was to make these as sort of easy as possible. And that uh, that's meant trying to not redo or not, not trying to do too much work. And I always have to keep myself from doing that because I have a tendency 
to probably try to do too much work with these things. It's fun to do, but uh, you know, if you're going to make a bunch of these, uh, or even just to make a couple, um, you know, it's nice to be able to do them more quickly. So I'm painting. I'm going to paint his helmet at this point, or his uh, his cowl, or his his uh, hood black. And then what I was thinking of doing is that there's a little head that goes in, in, inside the inside the helmet, the uh, the uh, the hood basically. The way I drew it is that. Um, you really can't see inside and see what the hunter actually looks like. You don't know what he looks like. He has this he, he has this hood that he wears and uh, it kind of leaves him a mysterious figure. It's part of the symbolism of the book. He doesn't take it off until the very end. Part of the deal with that particular spell is that he cannot be in uh, daytime. He, he's It's sort of a almost like a vampire kind of thing, I guess you could say. Although I wasn't thinking he doesn't have any those qualities, but he uh, he can't stand stand the sight of uh, the daytime, uh, and he is sort of cursed to do the same thing that he was doing when he was afflicted by the spell, which in that case he was hunting a deer, and uh, so he has to do that same thing night after night after night after night, and it just basically never ends. So it is a it's sort of like Groundhog Day, I guess you could say. Uh, yeah, he's sort of compelled to do it and cannot stop until, of course, the spell is broken. And there, of course, is a way the spell is broken, and that's in the story. And, of course, the person who breaks it is Logan's mother. Before, of course, she was Logan's mother, but uh, that's how they met. But it's basically an all-black kind of outfit now. So there is a little head inside there. Uh, so I have painted that black as well. And what I'll probably do is just two little dots, white dots for eyes. So that's probably going to be the next thing that I do after this is all dried. And this will probably need a couple of coats there. But the only other thing I've done, I have to wait for this to dry uh, as well. And I found parts at the same site. I found a black bow. I found uh, a black quiver, which I have then affixed to one leg. Uh, I found some capes. And I was thinking about just making these myself out of cloth. But for the cost of it, it was like cents that I just bought a couple of capes and they're for Lego figures like Batman and I don't know, knights or whatever. So I just got some and they fit just fine. The only other thing I'll probably do on this particular figure is uh, I, because it's snake eyes, he's wearing, I guess, a skin tight costume. Um, and he's all jacked. And so the hunter doesn't necessarily need to have, I mean, he's probably an in shape guy, but he doesn't need to have like muscles on, on top of muscles, like, you know, show he's probably not wearing tights. And it's interesting, like, even when you wear tights, like <laughs> you don't see all the ripples, you don't see all the muscles and stuff like that, that you would do like in comic books. So I don't know where that, why that thing came to be. What else superheroes wear tights? But anyway, so I, I just put a, uh, I smoothed that chest part out. So you can't necessarily see all the abs and, you know, all the, you know, pecs and stuff like that. I mean, it's sort of a smooth front. The details don't really matter. It's all black anyway. So that's that's how that's going to look. It's a very simple kind of design. And uh, he'll have a bow, his quiver, cape, and uh, maybe I'll make a bunch of them. Because when I when I bought them, I, I think I bought a whole bunch. Like, they were very inexpensive. And so I got I ended up getting, often you can buy things in bulk. So I got a whole bunch. And uh, so maybe I'll make a couple of those of the the hunter from the shadow of the moonlight so maybe i'll include those with some books or something like that i haven't i haven't done anything with that story in in, in a little while and I, sh I should i should make a figure of hunter uh, the hunter and i should make um 
the character of Logan's mother as well. Her name is Lavinia, so maybe I'll make her uh, as well. It's interesting, female figures are a little bit harder to make because uh, finding, if you want to go this method and make them from other pre-existing figures, I've just found less good sources so far. That doesn't mean they're not out there. I bet there is an equivalent of the, the little motocross guy that I found last time and referenced uh, this episode and last. I bet there is somewhere some kind of generic female figure that can be easily taken apart. Uh, the other th other option, I guess this would be the other thing to do, would be to just make my own from the uh, pre-existing ones I have. They all tend to have like more male uh, sort of body habitus, but I probably could, you know, just with, with clay and stuff like that, you know, make it look more female. It's a little bit harder to do uh, just because it requires more sculpting. Uh, but I think it could probably do it. Um, the female figures that tend to be out there tend to be super, super skinny, and uh, they don't, I mean, they don't look very realistic. So it's hard to find one that's just sort of an average, everyday female. Actually, the original G.I. Joes from the 80s did it pretty well. Uh, they did not make any effort to look like supermodels or like, you know, or anything like that. So I might go and look that route and see what I can find. So that, that might be a little bit more challenging. I'd like to make a more articulated figure of Aurora. I'd like to make one of, there's a captain of the guard in the 13th hour called Esmeralda or E. I'd like to make one of her, uh, like I said, I mentioned Logan's mother, Lavinia, um, who else? Some of the Imperial guard. Uh, I mean, it would be kind of interesting to make an Imperial guard. Uh, they are all female in the 13th hour and making them, uh, I think would be an interesting, you know, I, I actually have a picture of one, what, what one looks like in the book itself. I think that would be fun. So, uh, but finding a good female base figure is a little bit more challenging, I found, but it doesn't mean it's not out there. So I think I will continue looking. So while these projects are drying, uh, I'm going to sign off for now. Um, I have a bunch of little things on the you know, kind of working at the same time as they, like as one thing dries or waiting for one thing to finish, I switch over to something else. So got about, uh, let's see how many projects, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight things kind of going at the same time. <laughs> so yeah, but uh, it's fun. And uh, uh, you'll see more of the completed parts of these different uh, projects in the coming weeks. So thank you very much for listening. I'll talk to you guys next time. Hey, a couple last minute things before you go. Thanks for listening to this show. If you liked it, you can find many more on the website 13thhr.wordpress.com or on your favorite podcasting platform. You can often find behind the scenes information about this show and other things that I do on social media, such as Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You'll see links to those in the show notes. Sometimes people will ask me, how can I help contribute to the show or other things that, that I do? And probably one of the easiest ways is by going over to Facebook and looking up the Facebook group called 13th Hour Arts. And it's a place for not only to discuss these kinds of things, but also for you to share your own creative process and the things that you're doing that bring meaning to your life. You can also do things that are entirely free, such as leaving a review for a book, music, this particular podcast, share it with friends, subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform, email me, W-R-I-T-E-J-O-S-H-U-A-B-L-U-M at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your suggestions and comments. You can also leave a one-time donation over at Coffee, and that's K-O-F-I slash 13THHR. 
It's basically like a virtual tip jar, kind of like the sort of thing like a piano player might have at a bar or something like that. For a small amount, you can also leave a donation on a monthly basis at Patreon, and that helps bring new things to this particular show and to support future projects. And that's at 13th Hour Arts. It's also a place for patrons to share their own creative process and the things that bring inspiration and meaning to them. I hope by sharing a little bit of the creative process in this particular show, it gets people to cultivate that aspect of their own life and to remember that those things are important, even if you are an adult and you may not have time for it. Hopefully by paying attention to those aspects of your own life, you remember your own dreams and aspirations and help create a world and make a world that you want to be in. And at the end of the day, that's sort of what the 13th hour is about. So thanks as always for listening and I'll talk to you guys next week.